Jesus is described as the Prince of Peace. And in the reading we just had, the angels promise on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. I wonder what you're hoping for this Christmas. Uh, Probably some joy, hopefully some presents, but maybe like me, one of the things you're hoping for is peace. We long for peace, peace in our war-torn world, peace between the nations, peace in our nation, peace in our communities, peace in our relationships, maybe peace in our own hearts. Peace can be hard to find even at Christmas. I'm from a big family. I'm one of five children. And uh, so now when we get together, there are kind of 24, 25 people. And when you cram that many people who know each other and known each other a long time and know what buttons to press and you put them in a confined space for 48 hours, you don't always have a recipe for peace. And uh, I remember just not that long ago, uh, we were walking back from church on uh, Christmas morning. It had snowed. It was a beautiful scene. We got back to our family home and we went, there was a beautiful scene inside the house. The turkey was crisping in the oven. The table was laid for Christmas lunch. The Christmas tree was sparkling. There were presents under the tree. And my sister tried to open our front door and she was unable to do it for some reason. She was strange. Then my brother tried to, he was unable to do it. And I thought, well, there's a knack to these things. So I stepped forward and I tried to, I couldn't even open it. And I was like, what's going on? And then it turned out, that the last person to leave the house had managed to lock the door in such a way that they had jammed it and it was impossible to access the house from the outside. And you might say, how is that even possible? And trust me, that's a question we asked each other with increasing agitation as the minutes went on. And we tried to work out who was responsible. We did like a reconstruction of who left last and who was it and who did it in this way. Anyway, there was no other option. We realized we were actually gonna have to break into our own house because the turkey was cooking. It was gonna, you know, so we, we looked around. I looked first to my little brother Paul, we grew up in quite a rough area, and Paul has a certain amount of experience of accessing <laughs> premises without the premises owner's express permission, and so he, he was quite useful. He's got a lot of skills, it turns out. He was straight up the drain pipe, he was trying to force the kind of upstairs windows. It's like really impressive to watch, but it didn't work, that didn't work, he came back down again, and it was starting to get quite cold, you know, the turkey was definitely overdone by now. We were starting to panic a little bit. What do we do? And in, in, in the excitement, I had this, what I thought was a flash of genius. I looked down at my youngest nephew and I thought, he's quite little actually. And I looked at the letterbox and I thought, nah. and, and so I picked him up and just tried to push him through because I thought if he could get on the other side, he might be able to do something. Turns out he's not as small as he looks. He got about halfway in and got a little bit stuck. And by this stage, our neighbours were coming out of their houses, leaving their own Christmas lunches to just stand on their doorsteps, open mouthed at the scene that was unfolding, which was really helpful for us. And, uh, and in the end, we had to borrow a hacksaw and literally saw through our own front door just to access our own house on Christmas Day. As you can imagine, as we finally got into our house, we were not feeling peaceful, not a bit of it. We were feeling quite agitated and stressful. And peace can feel a little bit like that at times. Like we're on the outside, it's on the inside. It looks great in there, but we can't quite get to it. We can't quite find it. We're stuck in the family row outside. And Christmas can feel like a bit like that at times. Like 
You, you go past the Christmas story once a year, and it's sweet, it's nice, the nativity. But you can feel, well, what difference does that really make to my life? How can the birth of a baby 2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away, bring peace to my life today? I actually worked as a criminal lawyer, a criminal defense barrister um, for many years. And it's a job which doesn't always feel that peaceful uh, because you're defending people accused of crimes. And uh, although people who accused of crimes are really interesting people, um, it just means you're often in one long argument from dawn till dusk, you know, with the witnesses or with the judge or with your opponents. And every day for years, I would look at evidence and try and work out who was telling the truth. And one of the greatest surprises in my entire life was when I looked at the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. I realized, this is true. This actually happened. But that wasn't the only surprise. Because when I encountered Jesus, he brought a peace into the midst of my life and my job. The cases were still full on. They were stressful. They weren't particularly peaceful. But I found a peace that wasn't just founded on my circumstances, but actually helped me to interpret my circumstances in a different way. You see, I thought the nativity scene was lots of really perfect, peaceful, calm, zen-like people surrounding a perfect, silent, never crying, perfect baby. And I thought, well, that doesn't really work for me because my life is a lot more complex than that. My life is a lot messier than that. I couldn't really see myself in that picture. And I have challenges. I make mistakes. I mess up. Sometimes in the challenges and stresses of life, my emotions go up and down like a roller coaster. I don't always feel peaceful. And maybe tonight there's something in your life which is stealing your peace. Maybe a relationship or a health situation or a challenge. Or maybe you've got questions. Like if I achieve all that I've set my sights on, will I be happy? Will it be all I hoped it would be? Can I ever be truly known and fully loved? I was chatting to uh, one of the personal trainers in my gym uh, last week and he was saying, see the thing is, he said, even if you get more relationships, even if you get more money, even if you get more success, it's never going to be enough. There must be something more. There must be more to life than this. And actually, even at his birth, Jesus attracted people who desperately needed peace. Mary, so young, so vulnerable, probably terrified about giving birth far from home giving birth to a baby before she was married in a culture where everyone would have had an opinion about that. Everyone would have had an opinion about her. Joseph trying to craft this baby he's adopting into a family, working out what it means for them that this baby might be the saviour. And then the shepherds, they had complex lives. They were outsiders. They were shunned, really, at the temple not expecting to be anywhere near a spiritual moment. And they're invited 
to the center of all things. See, Jesus was born into complex family dynamics. He was born into complex cultural dynamics. He was born into a complex political situation. Even at Jesus' birth, he was hunted by rulers who feared that he might overthrow empires. And he was threatened by a king who sensed that this tiny baby might be the one to whom every king would have to bow the need. Jesus didn't come to a peaceful context to make it a bit nicer, make it a bit calmer. He came into the mess and the stress of life to establish peace. See, peace isn't the absence of trouble. It's not wishful thinking. It's not pretending life's easier than it is. We often misunderstand peace. There was a study done a few years ago. People from across the world, all sorts of different backgrounds. And they were asked to picture what peace meant to them. And there were all sorts of different things that came. Some people pictured a tropical beach with turquoise sea lapping at the sand. Some people pictured mountains, snow-capped mountains stretching as far as the eye could see. Some people pictured forests with mist and the dawn rising. Some people pictured a boat on an ocean drifting far out at sea. Some people pictured rolling fields of green. All the pictures were different, but they had one thing in common. There was no people in them. No people at all. It's almost like the first thing we do when we try to imagine peace is we eliminate every other person. Sometimes we can think like that. If I can just order my environment, if I can just control my circumstance, if I can just eliminate all the frustrations, then I'll find peace. But the difficulty is, as you know, often the things that most affect our peace are the things we care most about, things we love, the things we care for. They're the things that give us our worries and our fears. Some, a bit like sometimes you only have to follow your worries to find your loves. And Jesus doesn't come into a circumstance free from trouble. He comes into the midst of the trouble and the difficulty of life. There's a word in the Bible that's used for the word anxious, and it means to be in pieces. And sometimes it can feel like that, that our worries divide us into pieces. They divide our thoughts into pieces. They divide our focus into pieces. They divide our energy. They divide our hearts, our minds, even our lives. And there's another word in the Bible for peace, shalom. And it means wholeness, integration. One of the things that Jesus loves to do is to put the shattered pieces of our lives back together into a whole. And that's the promise that angels sing. They say, peace to those on whom his favour rests. And favour means to receive the gift of the relationship Jesus offers. And peace comes to those, is given to those who receive the gift of God's grace. Sometimes we think if I work hard enough, if I have good enough workout schedule, good enough sleep pattern, eliminate enough frustrations, then I'll achieve peace. But peace isn't an achievement that you attain. It's a gift you receive. So much of our, the things that steal our peace are based because of relationships that have gone a bit wrong. Maybe you feel like I have, that you've let people close to you down at times that you've made mistakes, you've got regrets. 
Maybe you feel you've let yourself down, let others down, let God down. Jesus knows you to the bottom of your soul. All of the good, all that you're proud of and push to the surface and try and impress people with. All of the bad, all that you're a little bit ashamed of and try and bury and hide. He knows you to the bottom of your soul and yet he loves you to the sky. And he came to win you. That's why he came, that's why he died on the cross. That's why he shed his blood to win you and to give you peace. See, Jesus didn't stand apart from the stresses of this life. He immersed himself in them to win you peace. See, Jesus was willing to sacrifice his peace for his passion. Your passion is what you're prepared to suffer for. That's what the word passion means. And Jesus' passion is you. He was willing to sacrifice his peace for you. That's why he died on the cross, faced the greatest anxiety, the greatest fear anyone's ever faced, took our sin on his shoulders so that you might know peace and freedom. And the more that truth grips your heart, the more you see that he understands the greatest troubles you're going through. And yet he has the authority to speak his peace into them and to release his peace into your life. We misunderstand peace. It's not something we earn, but a gift we receive. And I think the reason we misunderstand it is because even our understanding of gifts, I think, is a little bit messed up. And the reason for that, I think the person I most blame for that is Santa. And uh, I don't know if you had the experience I had when you were little of going to Santa's Grotto. It's very exciting and you go with your parents and you sit on Santa's knee and what you most want is a present. And then Santa asks you a question. He says, have you been good this year? Now that's a difficult question because you know the right answer to that question, but you also want a present. And so, uh, so you say, yeah, I've been good this year. And then you come away feeling a bit like you sacrificed your integrity for a cheap piece of plastic. Like you kind of, feels a bit strange. And I wish I could go back now. I wish I had the presence of mind then. And when Santa said to me, have you been good this year? I would say, no. But let's be honest, Santa, neither have you. <laughs> it's hard to be good. Even for 24 hours, for one day. It's almost impossible, let alone 365 days in a row. And even if I could, Santa, even if I could be good for a whole year, I'm not sure that's the best life I could live. I feel like I was made for more than mere morality. And while we're at it, Santa, if life, if Christmas is about anything, it's about Grace, and grace is about an undeserved gift, an undeserved present. So actually, it doesn't really matter if I've been good or if I've been bad. All that matters is that I'm willing to receive the gift that's offered me. And on balance, Santa, I am. So please stop asking your stupid questions and give me my present. Christmas doesn't mean you can have a present if you've been good. That's not good news. We don't give gifts to people because they're perfect or they've never made a mistake. We give gifts to people because we love them. And the message of Christmas is that God has given Jesus for us, not because we're perfect, but because we're perfectly loved. That's why he came, for you, for me, for us. In all the mess and chaos of life, God has given Jesus for you. And that means you can know peace in the storms of life. That means you can know peace 
when relationships are difficult. That means you can know peace when it feels like everything is going wrong. That means that you can experience a peace that overflows to the people around you, to a world around you that desperately needs peace because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And tonight, you can experience his favour. You can encounter his grace and you can receive his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.